I think it was the theologians who first started the idea, later the philosophers took it over, and now some of the scientists are doing the same. What you are comes out in what you do. You see the point? Out of ourselves and into Christ, we must go. This is Chats Under the Sun with Jacob Volk. I hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, we're in. Davey. Yo. How you doing, bro? What? Oh, just life, Jacob. Just life. I'm so I'm pretty thrilled about this because we've had a couple of uh, really solid chats so far. We have, so man. A couple is understating it. Like we've, I think about every time we see each other, <laughs> we we need to block out a solid five hours for for ourselves. Well, I met you. Um, I was at. It was the first Sunday I was here. Actually, mm-hmm. I went to Sojourn Midtown. Right. The for the second service. Yeah, six p.m. Yeah, and I didn't realize that they're. Uh, they just duplicate their services? Yeah. Because that's just, like, from where I'm from, in my church context, that's not a thing at all. And right. if, if there's another service, it's always different. Yeah. So, and I came and I was like, oh, it's the it's the same sermon. But then you were there, and, and Raf was there. Yeah. And the three of us talked for a while, and then we talked at your truck for, like, probably two hours. Yeah, I got in trouble. For Did that. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was supposed to, so I was supposed to go see my girlfriend uh, right after. So I was at Midtown. I was used, I was a member there. Mm-hmm. And I've since moved and moved to another campus, but I just you know wanted to have like an exit interview or what. Just want to let the elders know, like, hey guys, I'm moving. You know, things are kosher. Mm-hmm. We kosher cool. And uh, so I told my girlfriend, like, yeah, you know, after this, I do it. I'd planned to do it before, and then worship was just like so life giving that day. And also, I hadn't been inside Midtown's campus in a while, and so I'm like, yeah. And then I realized, like, oh, I'm here for the whole service, and so. Then we get to talking, and Emily, my girlfriend, is expecting me to have been at her place so we could hang out for, you know. So we start talking probably about, like, like 8, eight o'clock. Yeah. I mean, we, we're going till 9.30, right? Emily had expected me at her place by 7. Oof. So, yeah, I get to her place at, like, 9.45, and I have to bounce at 10.30. <laughs> She's Ooh. like, we're worried. He's like, uh, well, and what I told her was, look, I basically met the Canadian version of me. <laughs> <laughs> and she <laughs> she's so gracious she's so she's so wonderful she goes uh say no more uh, just don't do it again what a, uh, what a lovely human being she really is man yeah she really is yeah i also i don't even you probably like texas more than i do well of course but only by a bit yeah i uh, love texas. sure yeah well you're, i mean remind me where you're from in texas again so i'm from a town called Nederland. fun fact i'm from a town called Nederland. Which was settled by Dutch settlers in 1899. The oh, yeah. best of so many worlds. Yeah, which and because your family actually is Dutch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, pretty much on every side, all everything goes back to uh, the Netherlands. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a town right outside of um, what we would call a city, Beaumont, which is the birthplace of Texas oil, actually. Hmm. Uh huh. And uh, so, like Texaco, the com- the old company is like from where where i'm from uh, and that's about 90 miles east of houston so it's right there on the border of uh texas and how i like to call it lousiana um now i say that with with a lot of love because my my mother half of my mother's family is is cajun and mm. so we grew up going there a lot sure and yeah have you been to to new orleans i have i have yeah, yeah. i love it there Really? Yes. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Okay, I understand why. Because there's, there's, it's, it's. I felt super polarized. Oh yeah. In, in a way, because I, I love that K 
chaotic art yeah. atmosphere and and jazz and like what like kind of the atmosphere that produces that kind of music yeah is like really split because oh, yeah. you know the kind of orthodox side of me is like no this is right. sin. and then the art art part of me is like Ooh, oh, I love the music. That oh, this yeah. Is I mean, big. look, it's a fun time, but every time I've gone, <clears throat> I, I've had too fun of a time. Okay. So, like, last time I went was was with a, a bro, you know, a bro trip. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave leave that story there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, t- we, I mean, we were there because we, we lived in a, me and a buddy of mine, I feel like I've told this story so many times. Me and a buddy of mine lived in a van mm-hmm. for a couple months while right. we were filming a documentary. And we went through Texas a bunch. Mm-hmm. And then we popped into New Orleans to do some filming for mm-hmm. a company I worked for. And yeah, it was just, it was just really cool there. Yeah. And then I went out at night to check out Bourbon Street, which was a mistake. Yeah. Because that was chaos. And just kind of. That, uh, that's, a, that's putting it lightly. <clears throat> Dude, it is crazy. It, it's a mess, man. It's, you see all kinds of people. Yes. I mean, in various yeah. states that I wish I never did. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I left that definitely uh, believing in Calvin's total depravity. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's two things that you can do to like realize mm, total pra- total depravity is a real thing. Uh, so either you can go to New Orleans. So you're saying New Orleans. If you go there and say that they're going to beat you up, but then you sure. tell them you're Canadian, they'll be like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, uh, we, so we get there, a free pass for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, y'all. Yeah. I mean. <sighs> You know, like we were talking about yesterday, right? You know, stereotypes exist for a reason. And so mm-hmm. we kind of placate, you know, play off of that. Um, all Canadians are like so polite and nice and all that, you know. it's And it's true, though. Yeah. Um, maybe not. It's it's a weird cultural thing. Really? Um, and this is true for most places I've been in Canada. You say sorry mm-hmm. as almost an... It's almost like the word like. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not... Mm-hmm. But like, if you have to just budge past someone, you just say sorry. Oh, if you have to. Oh, open, I thought you, you were talking about how you say it—that you say sorry oh, instead no, 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 of no, sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. No, but actually saying s o o s o r r y. Yeah, just the word. Yeah, it, we say it all the time. Like, if you have to open up a cabinet <laughs> and someone's kind of in the general scene, oh yeah, sorry, I'm just got to do this. Like, you say sorry wow. as just like a, as almost like a social. Uh, Filler word. A social lubricant almost. Yeah. It's just a quick way to get. That's, around a situation that's wild man but it's so it's subconscious yeah it's i don't even know what it but genuinely people don't say that in the states here much no. at all as oh. a casual word right if you right. say sorry and you mean it yeah please do apologize it's important but canada canadians just genuinely say it all the time yeah which that's cool man it's I'm, a stereotype and it's yeah true. i mean yeah i mean like you know whenever i think of like one of my one of my favorite shows growing up was uh was how i met your mother growing up whenever i was in college Right. And, uh, you know, there, there's a character, uh, Barney, Barney's character, right. Was, you know, just hated on Canadians. You know, the, all the things he'd say is like, well, they say is sorry. You know, they have terrible coffee. They're free healthcare. Ugh. And they're afraid of the dark. Right. And then there's that episode whenever they went to like the Canadian bar and somebody turned the lights off and then like you just hear mass panic. And I'm like, I wonder if that's real. Like if Canadians really are afraid of the dark. And so, yeah. Never heard that before in my life. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like the closer to the city you get, they get afraid of the dark. I don't know. No. no. That's, I, that's, that is the first time I've ever heard oh. anything of that. That's just dumb. Yeah. I, mean, I think that I'm, I bet how yeah. your mother made that up. Yeah. I mean, Canadians aren't like, you know, 
elementary and middle school kids, whenever the lightning hits, lights no. go out and they start screaming. No. They're, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, man, going back like to depravity, right? There's two things you can do. You can go New Orleans. Yep. Okay. So, so, so they're the, they call it New Orleans. You can get away with calling it New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Orleans. I think it'd be really bad if I walked into that and went, oh, yeah, Nolans. And they'd be like, stop. No, yeah, stop. yeah, yeah. They'd be like, trying too hard, Sorry. bro. Yeah. So you go there, you go to Bourbon Street and be like, what's up here? Or uh, you get to hang out with a little kid, right? You give him some goldfish and you just watch them. You just watch them. And before you know it, they're going to just smash those goldfish like nothing. You can even tell them, hey, don't smash those goldfish. I feel like there's a story here from your own personal life because this doesn't resonate with me at all. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I was I was with I was with some friends, uh, some friends. I was with a friend and his wife uh, whenever I was younger and single and on my own, uh, and <laughs> over there, and they had like a newborn, and uh, you know, she like like his wife is the sweetest person. That you'll ever meet. I mean, so sweet that like you meet her at first and you're like, she's faking. But no, she's just that, that sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their their kid, <laughs> their kid, like they, you know, put the food out on the high chair for the kid, right? And their kid just starts, whoom, 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 right? Just smashing it. And then, you know, mom said, you know, mom looks at, looks at the kid and says, don't, don't do that, you know? And the kid looks at her. Like, smash, right? And then she turns to her husband, uh, my buddy, and he goes, can you, can you believe she did that? And he looks at her and he goes, well, yeah, baby, she's wicked. You know? <laughs> I was like, oh, is this what marriage is? Because I want that, you know? I'm ready for these fun conversations. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I feel like... God gives some of the sweetest people the most to handle oh, because yeah. they can take it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. Like, I have some friends back home. Um, absolutely beautiful couple. Mm-hmm. Like, one of just down-to-earth, genuine, full of integrity. First kids are twins, twin girls. Oh, fun. <laughs> and I sort of chuckle. I'm like, yeah, God, like, in your almighty wisdom, you did mm-hmm. give that couple twins to deal with. And they're, like, they're adorable kids, don't, don't get me wrong. Right. They're, I mean, they're yeah, no, they're, no. Only, they're like a week old. But yeah. I imagine Twin Girls is going to yield its fair share of drama at some point that I guess, they're going to have you know, to work with. Yeah. I don't know. You know? I mean, who's I'm wanting, I'm wanting like twin or triplet boys, you know? Like my, uh-huh. my, my dream as a father. Triplet right, boys. Is, yeah. It's like to get home <laughs> and then like have the, you know, have the lads there just like, daddy's home. And then it becomes like a five minute wrestling match, you know? And then I get like two of them in like hammer locks in my armpits and they're like, I can't breathe. And I'm like. That's what you get. I don't. Yeah, I can rock with that. Yeah, I hope. I hope my girlfriend does not listen to this podcast, man, because she's gonna be like, "Uh, we got some serious things to talk about." (laughs) This is yeah. This is what happens when you put a hot mic in front of someone and a good amount of caffeine. Yeah, just roll with it. Yeah, and like I'm, I'm not even an eighth of the way through on my cup, man. Let's go. So yeah, it's it's gonna be a hot day. Yeah. Should we see if we can like intro into the topic we were actually gonna yeah talk through. yeah yeah let's do it yeah and i'm not quite sure how to do this because we we talked through you know when i'm like yo dude you want to jump on this podcast i just have good conversations yeah. with quality people about stuff that i find meaningful and um we were trying to sort through what to talk about mm-hmm. because the the reality is is like 
there's a lot of theological stuff that intrigues us, yeah. but we are card carrying not authorities on anything. So it's right, kind of it's yeah. kind of dubious to be like to go and chat through a theological idea yeah. at a seminary yeah. where of like the vast majority of people are more competent than you are. Yeah, we're eight year olds playing with fire. Exactly. Right. Carrying gasoline in our in our other hand. Exactly. Yeah. And um even though I'm super down to to dive into any theological topic with pretty much anyone, it has to be done in a spirit of like it's a discussion. Right. Not presented as like you know, since we're the authorities on said mm-hmm. topic. Yeah. But then we started talking about like what do you want to say? Like Christian culture? I guess, yeah, I guess yeah or, or yeah, Christian culture, because like cultural Christianity doesn't really apply, right? But, but really, yeah, like like, yeah, culture within. I think I think a better way to say it is like like the culture within evangelical. And whenever we say evangelical, we're not talking about like you know the political. We're talking about like Bible believing, Bible teaching, mm-hmm. like Orthodox evangelical Christianity, like the culture that kind of develops within that, right? right. And then how it plays out, and we see. Uh, we just we just see it right. You know, it's developed. Yeah. It's a culture of its own. Yeah, totally. And there's I've been thinking about this a lot actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this topic is a bit spaghettiish. Yeah. In that, but hopefully we can just chat through it. And I'd like to just chat through it for if for no other reason than my own sake because I'm trying to tie a few mm-hmm. uh, disparate ideas together. Yeah. So one of them we talked a little bit about this. There's this book called uh jesus and john wayne mm-hmm. um yeah that was yeah we talked about that day one that we yeah met. yeah yeah and i i you know i want to be really careful criticizing the yeah. book that someone put a lot of work into sure on the whole i flat out don't like that book right. in the slightest yeah um i don't think it's worth anyone reading for its genuine sake mm-hmm. um if anyone has read it and found it valuable hit me up i just i didn't right it was just it, the spirit of the book was just pretty much vitriolic. Mm-hmm. I don't think she had anything kind to say or any respect yeah. for any white male Christian leader mm. that exists right now, basically. Yikes. It, it was pretty nasty, honestly. Yeah. I got, I just, the book put me in a funk for a few days, mm. just trying to process through kind of that much uh, blatant disregard for a lot of the people that I've respected mm-hmm. for a long time, like, you know, Piper, Fody Bauckham, keep going on and on, right? You say white white Christian male and then sorry, you sorry, Bodhi. 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 <laughs> so it's it's funny because he he was one of the ones who was touched the lightest yeah. because he's he he advocates all the ideas. Yeah, because the Lord loves him more and gave him you know more melanin, <laughs> right? You know, whereas he looks at us and you know, have, well, you, have you ever seen that 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 clip where he's talking about it and he's like, look, you know, God God bless some people with more melanin. You know, he goes, now look, don't you dare think that the Lord loves you less because he didn't give you more melanin. <laughs> I, man, I die every time I. Vody is great. Him. He's great. He's yeah. great. I don't agree with him on every. Well, I mean, I agree with him on a lot of things. That it, you know, his method, his methodology. Sometimes I'm like, mm. ah, I don't know, man. Yeah. You know, but hey, like, like that's and that's kind of the thing. You know, I think we've, you know, Augustine said, you know, in in all right, you know, at, I'm paraphrasing here, right? But after things outside of scripture. Be charitable, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not first, first things be charitable, right? And one one of the things that, that we've and, and there's no way to not say this without sounding like I'm painting with a broad brush, yes. right? But but I'm not meaning to, right? But it I, I think that 
kind of the climate that we live in, we're uh, almost pulled to 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 paint with broad brushes, and it, within that, like we we struggle to be charitable, man. Mm-hmm. Like like, I mean, you know, we're too often uh, thinking about our response to somebody and what they're saying instead of actually listening and hearing them. Right? Yep. Uh, there was a study done a while back. Uh, in which most people, whenever they meet a new person, they, they generally f- forget their name. And the reason why is because whenever they're introducing themselves, they're not intaking their name. They're thinking about what, hi, my name is this, right? They're, yeah. they're thinking about telling yeah. what their name is, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, you know, you can dovetail down that sucker. Yep. But, yeah, you know, I mean... <laughs> I mean, one of the things that, that I think that, and, and we see it, we see it here too, right? And I and I want to be, I want to be cautious in the sense of like, because I love, I love Southern, I yes. love, love Southern, I love the fact that I get to be here, right? And uh, it, one of the things I see happen here is like the seminary kind of works like a cooling chamber. Uh, I remember, you know, I'm 32 years old. I remember whenever I was, you know, 20, 24 years old, man, I was all about converting people to JC. And I'm not talking about Jesus Christ, you know? I mean, it's like, look, if you're not a Calvinist, you might be going to hell. Right. Right? I mean, <laughs> for, for I was con- a jerk, right? For, for context, how long have you been at Southern? Uh, so I got here in fall of 2019. So it's been, okay. so this is my f- uh, fifth semester. Cool. Yeah. All right. So you've been here a while. You've, yeah. You've soaked up the culture. You know, you know what's happening. Kind here. of, man. I mean, here, you know, here's the thing, right? So I've been working full time those two years. My first semester, I was here as much as I could. But, you know, it's limited. And then COVID hit, right? Yeah, COVID hit right. My, my first spring. And then that, you know, the fall, last fall and last summer, classes were only in like the, the big halls and we were all spread out. Uh, there was limited stuff going on. Um, you know, so like this is really like you, you hit it, man. Like, like this is the first time uh, since really I got here that like I feel like that the campus is alive again, right? It's it great. feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, so far, what I've found from the people here has just been amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's also something, the gr- this campus is so nice. Mm-hmm. And there's something, I don't know what it is. Man, this is a whole other conversation. Yeah. But there's something about walking into this level of beauty and mm-hmm. care taken for a space. Like, yeah. The, the Southern Seminary space. Yeah is beautiful yeah and you walk into this and you feel elevated Mm -hmm. you know what i mean what bothers me is it's that (laughs) the ability to do that is so directly tied to money Mm -hmm. and i I it feels wrong like art like art and beauty and grandeur shouldn't be tied to money but it kind of is and that's what's bizarre. I don't know. Yeah. There's just a weird tension in, there. In like the but Western context, for it, right? right? Yeah. Well, it's really interesting because, you know, our tuition here is so Penis. affordable. Oh, I goodness. mean, like I went I went to a state university for my undergrad and my tuition here is actually less expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and grants abound. Oh, yeah. Like manna from heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get in on that. I'm just, you know, I, I just got the, the Southern Baptist paying half my tuition. That's about it. Right. Gotcha. I get the discount, which is, oh, praise be to the Lord. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, you know, I think 
and this kind of like 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 comes back to what we were talking about as far as cold, well yesterday one of the things we were talking about as far as uh, thing, things that we've you know defining masculinity right and because mm-hmm. you bring up art um, and yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that in a second but you know I'm this is talk about, this is gonna be such a spaghetti conversation yeah yeah it, it well but it is right because I mean one we're like two you know spider web thinkers yep uh, but also like I mean we're talking about a really huge topic yeah um, yeah it, it but about the money thing yeah you're right but also I mean one of the things to remember too is this institution's been here. You know, a hundred and what, almost a hundred and fifty years. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like been here, here. Yeah, I think like a hundred and twenty years or something. I don't remember. Uh, but you know, and so I, I think, yeah, taking care of it. Yeah, it it is tied to money. Uh, but I think too, like like you can look at it and you can like, oh man, uh, you know, mm. or you can look and be like, man, you know what? There's that or the caretakers of this institution have been such good stewards of the Lord's resources, right? 100%. That they're able to do those things. Totally. I mean, we're sitting in a study room in the library, right? And we've got, you know, there's an, you know, uh, exhibit with Billy Graham's stuff yeah. right across the hall mm. from us. Uh, you know, we've got, man, I think that, you know, there was a time whenever they had like Old Testament, uh, not Old Testament scrolls, but I mean, uh, Dead Sea Scroll manuscripts that walked that they, that they had here, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's and, and we've got books that are you know probably sitting on these shelves that are you know oh my goodness wor- worth yeah. more than than most people's houses. Yeah, that might be an exaggeration. Those are probably in Moeller's private library. Um, which <laughs> yeah, did it, you get to see his library? No, bro. Huge. I think oh. he, I think he has over thirty thousand books in his own collection. Yes. So. Funny about that. Guy's a machine. Um, also, I just want to go back and clarify a little bit. I yeah. don't mean any shade on no, on, no, on the no. Southern. It, it was more actually. I, there's actually sort of a preload to that. Is I had a, it. It hit me really hard mm-hmm. um, when on our trip we popped over to Mexico yeah. just for a brief moment, right? Yeah, like the story through. that you wait. Which one? The the one whenever oh, you no. swam across the border? No, or? Second time. Okay, this, okay. This is the time. The, we le- went, the legal. The legal. Entry. Yes. Okay. This yeah. is when we went legally. Yeah. Um, and then we just longboarded through. Um, I think it's Ojinagua. I forget. OJ, they just call it OJ. Sure. And I was just hit with the the lack of beauty in mm-hmm. the city, and it was just directly tied with the. Um, just the fact they had less money. Yeah, the poverty, right? yeah. And I, it just felt really sad because it almost felt like brutally unfair that among other things, mm-hmm. people were deprived from beauty yeah. for not having money. And that seemed like an injustice mm-hmm. that almost seemed worse than resources mm-hmm. in a weird way. Yeah. And man, such a bigger conversation there. And right. that's just kind of stuck with me ever since looking at like the level of beauty and just... Mm-hmm. Being, I'm grateful for it, man. Yeah. Like, dude, there's there's beautiful things that I have mm-hmm. that just come from the fact that I'm, you know, a first world. You know, I can I, yeah. I can buy a guitar and not even think about it and create right. music. Like, I literally, when I came here, I just bought another guitar for kicks. Yeah, you know, it's only 150 bucks, but also only that money only 150 dollars, exactly, right? Exactly, and I can just have the the ability to just buy, and, or if I want another guitar pedal to create another sound. Yeah, it's effortless for me. Yeah, or I can sit across the table from you and hear you say that you you bought a hundred and fifty dollar guitar, and I'm like, dude, that's a cheap guitar. Oh, man. and it is, it is exactly. Like, bro, come on, man, you got to yeah. shell out if you're gonna play for play a guitar. Well, as a guy is, that doesn't play guitar, sure, right? And the reality is, is 
I have those other guitars yeah, too, yeah. right? <laughs> so this $150 guitar is $150 guitar is an extra thing that I bought. Yeah. I sit with so much money compared to what so many other people have because there are brilliant musicians mm-hmm. in other parts of the world that would do anything to have sure. access to the stuff that I have right. to create art and beauty with, which is like that level of excess that mm-hmm. God grants us. That's just above and beyond yeah. just what it takes to feed you. Yeah. Man, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. That's a whole library. Other thing. Yeah. So T4G last year mm-hmm. was one joke that seemed ne- just to never not be funny was every single uh, pastor or theologian that came on the live stream yeah. had the biggest libraries behind them as their backdrops. <laughs> and it just started becoming this like pastor flex where it's like, you know, oh, we're going to cut to this person. Boom. Wall to wall books behind them. And then at one point, I think it was, uh, I think it was um, Moeller. He gets up and moves his camera around and starts walking. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I see. You have more books that you had to show us. Like, obviously, none of these pastors are doing this dude, intentional. He, but it felt like it was a little subtle. Like He, one he up, really one up is a goofy dude. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, like you, you hear him. You see him on campus. He's He, he's, he just kind of has this this stigma about him that like you know he's a he's el prez right you yeah know, you can't don't approach him like he's a serious guy but then he gets to talking or he i think it's really whenever he's in places that he is with people most like him mm-hmm. and the dude is hilarious like i remember uh so i was at a an sbc annual meeting in dallas uh i think it was 2018 or 2017 i think it was 18 and there was a vote that they'd come up, and it was, I mean, it, or, or there was a motion for a vote, and Moeller, and Mo, and it was a nine marks at nine mm. uh, thing that we were at. And it's, uh, so you got Matt Chandler, uh, Danny Aiken, Mark Dever, Al Moeller, and H.B. Charles Jr. is kind of like moderating it, right? I yeah. mean, five, you know, just titans yeah. of, of pastoral <clears throat> leadership. And they're talking about stuff, and then uh, somehow that comes up, and Mueller is just like, you know, <laughs> man, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. He says, you know, sometimes we as Baptists, you know, we just we just do stupid things, you know, and so you just want to look and like, nope. Like, I mean, he literally made that sound. <laughs> and then, you know, Dever looks at him and is like, what, what was that, Mark? Or, or I'm sorry, what, what was that, Al? And he goes, oh, right. <laughs> And I'm like, man, Moeller after nine is hilarious. I definitely want to go to school here. <laughs> this was before you went to, uh, before you actually were, was a Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. yeah, so I had, I had known that I was going to, so that was, yeah, that was summer of 18. Yeah. Uh, so I knew I, was, I would be at Southern the following fall. So. Okay, cool. No, I, I mean, a sense of humor is a very redeeming quality oh, and yeah. someone who's very important. Yeah. Because if you start to lose that, then Dude. it's dangerous, right? It, just yeah. a good sense of humor, I think, is a good buffer to pride. At least I hope so. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, like, you know, hey, it's it's part of it, it's part of uh, us being image bearers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, coming back to uh, one of the things that I want to talk about, you know, as far as, like, understanding masculinity, right? Yeah, we should uh, we should uh, in our whole conversation. Let's start with focusing on that. Yeah, because there's about a million things with right. Christian culture that we could be. Yeah, let's, just, let's start with the masculinity yeah. thing. Yeah, masculinity because within Christian that, culture. That 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 relates all the way back to that that book by um, 
Jesus and John Wayne. Jesus and John Wayne, because a lot of that was focused around masculinity. Um, Which which is complex, because there's Mm -hmm. a grain of truth to some of her claims of, like, tying the gospel to aspects Mm -hmm. of what it means of, 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 or at least Western masculine traits. Yeah. Or masculine stereotypes, which doesn't mean they're bad. And there's a lot of things that you and I both value about them. Right. But tying the gospel inherently to some of those things is dubious. And that's, and so some of her critiques were good. She just took it and basically just started saying there's a problem with being a man full stop. Right. But, and that's, that's a caricature as well, but, yeah, it's kind of like diagnosing the disease by the symptoms instead yeah, of the, yeah. the cause, right? Masculinity. Take it away. Yeah, you know, so we we live in the West, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Western civilizations built itself up on these things. You know, and uh, you know, there, there are typical masculine traits. And I think, and really, you really have to, like, trace the, the history of this, right? And, and it seems like that most of this really started post-Industrial Revolution. Okay. Uh, where, you know... Nobody's working in the fields anymore for the most part, right? And so you you have this crisis of what is a man. Mm. It, it kind of develops where for the last, you know, five, 6,000 years of recorded history, okay, for the most part, you know, a man was, you know, like a man took care of his family, right? A man, you know, provided physically, uh, financially, spiritually, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and a lot of times that looked like either uh, being, you know, out in the fields, right? And <clears throat> whenever you get time off, getting to find things to do. Well, now all of a sudden you're turning a wrench, you're doing all this stuff, right? And so you're tired, you're angry, or you're not in the sun, right? All those things. Uh, and so, you know, that creates its whole issue. And then, man, I'm just skipping a whole lot, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, broad, we get to today. Broad brushes. Broad, broad brushes. brushes. Broad brushes, yeah. But, you know, we get to today, right? And let's just name off uh like three 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 masculine stereotypes cars right? uh-huh cars cars all right uh guns and explosions sure yeah often all three at the same time yeah <laughs> yeah i mean like you yeah fast and furious franchise is the quintessential masculine i, I guess man i mean sense. the first two were great after that i'm just like oh oh i get a life yeah i don't like get a life davy <laughs> Yeah. Either way. And again, broad, broad brushes, but there's there's something there, I guess. Right. Yeah. And, you know, but but then kind of one of the things, and, and then let's think about some feminine, you know, f- feminine quality or, or feminine stereotypes. Okay. Uh, so ballet. Mm-hmm. All right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You got, you got one you can think of. I mean, uh, like child rearing, mothering. Okay. Yeah. Which is a... And again, yeah, we can. Yeah, I mean, this, I mean, is, this, and, and, this conversation is yeah. so complex. Yeah, well, and, but, and a good thing is, right, we're starting to see that that one. In, I was going to say, you know, like cooking, right? You sure, know, cooking, right? Yep. You know, we're starting to see those two in particular are, you know, being realized. Like, wait a minute, this is not, you know, just for one, mm-hmm. you know, person in the, you know, j- just for mom, right, uh, or wife, right? And in something like cooking. Is being celebrated by pretty much across the board. If you're mm-hmm. a dude and you're a wicked cook, bro, almost everyone's like, "Nice, yeah." You know, we're we're good with that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I remember, <laughs> I love my dad so much. Uh, but if it was if it was dad's turn to cook, 
it was, we were going to have one of three things. Uh, if he was actually going to cook and not throw something in the microwave, um, we were going to have scrambled eggs, uh, or he was going to spend six hours either putting hamburgers or links on the grill. And that was about it. Then eventually we got him a smoker. He started smoking boudin. I'm sure you probably have no idea what that is. I'll, yeah. I'll smoke you some Let's whenever it, it starts getting colder. Dude, oh, man. Oh, mm. Dude, sit back on a mm. porch with a pipe. Dude. Eating uh, whatever that is. Oh, oh Drinking water delicious. Juice. Uh, boudin and coffee on a cold day. Okay. Uh, dude, you'll go through six pounds of boudin, no problem. Cool. It's I delicious. I still have no idea what this is. but You'll, you'll love it, man. All it's right. a, It's a Cajun delicacy. Let's go. Uh, anyway, so, but... <clears throat> All that to say, right, you know, masculinity is kind of like, like we've kind of like, you know, created this border in it. And mm-hmm. so whenever you're you're a man, you're you're, you're an image bearer, you're, you are a man made in God's image, but you don't find yourself attracted or, or enjoying, you know, fast cars or hunting or fishing, you know, but you you lean more towards the super artistic side, right? You, you enjoy mm-hmm. dance. You enjoy... Uh, classical music you enjoy poetry right things that we think of as not necessarily uh you know unmasculine but we think more more feminine right right i think that's all you like dance hits me yeah dance i feel like is the one like if you're a guy and you like poetry most people are like chill if you're a guy who's into ballet yeah which is difficult it takes a lot of athletic skill yeah oh dude that's you ever seen male i I don't know if they're called ballerinas or ballador i don't know but like dudes that that do ballet Mm -hmm. homeboys are yoked i mean they are cut yeah yeah but that's still like i i would say most places that i can think of mm-hmm. you're gonna get a cocked eyebrow yeah at, like yeah i'm into ballet. well i mean and like you know in my context where i grew up right you know there was there there was a you know we were in school and a guy like that mm. you know there, there's a guy like that you know who's into all that well what was thing you know what what do we say about the dude he's gay yeah he's yeah. gay you're like bro you're gay like oh he's gay you know and then you know and then well what ha- and also with that we don't because he we don't have similar interest mm. He's not hanging out with other dudes for the most part. Who's right. hanging out with? He's hanging out with girls, right? Sure. And, and you know, whatever. But that that's kind of got me thinking sometimes. Like, you know, I wonder if us uh, not encompassing all of what it is to be human, right? I mean, in good grief, we didn't even speak to this one. Is like showing emotion, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know, I mean, look. Two, two, two individuals in the Bible, right? Two probably the most manly men of all time, okay? David, yeah. right? Played a harp, and he also killed lions with a stick, all right? Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, and then Jesus, God incarnate, cried. Shortest Bible verse in all of Scripture. Jesus wept, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, the most manly man of all time wept. Yeah. Sobbed like a baby as a man. And you're going to tell me that, you know, it's not okay for men to cry. It's not okay for men to show emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, we, you know, it, now if you're not a Christian and that's your take, okay, that that's one thing. But, like, you know, the, there's that circling back to, like, within Christianity. There's, uh, there are people that, that hold to that stereo, you know, that, that think that, no, that's right. Like, men shouldn't show emotion. Men should yeah. be, tough, rah, 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 right? And, like, yeah. dude. 
the God that you're claiming and saying that you worship, like, <laughs> he was emotional, yeah. you know? I yeah. mean, so the question is, is like, the question is, I, that that's kind of my filler outside of uh and like, is the question is. Anyway, it, it makes you wonder, how did we get to that point to where we start saying this? And we totally just have this cognitive dissonance of like, uh, no, that's not us, right? Yeah. And then coming back to that that whole thing I was talking about, it's like, I really wonder if one of the reasons why we have, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that we we can point to why we have this identity, this uh, crisis of identity, right? I mean, yeah. we're, uh, you know, the, you know, we can re- and diving into you know our theories on the prevalence of the LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. R-S-T-U-V, that's mean. Okay, LGBTQ plus, you know, community. Uh, I'm a sarcastic guy, so <laughs> y'all, please don't don't, don't throw shit. Don't at me. Don't throw shade at me for being a, go- a goober, okay? Uh, anyway, um, I really wonder if, like, that, that issue has arisen because we have narrowly defined, and I'm speaking to the male context, right? Right. But we've narrowly defined masculinity yeah i don't it it makes me wonder like what what would happen if you know like hey you don't like sports dude that's okay man look god is you know i mean really when everything about athletic sports and athletic endeavor that's really an art form Mm. right i mean like like watching soccer i mean it's called the beautiful game right right watching american football we're I'm hoping we have an international audience to this, so I'm trying to be, you know, nice, right? There are, yeah, right. I mean, like, like it's it's a chess match mm. played with people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, swimming, which now swimming is just good, good old fun, man. It's yeah. just great, you know. Um, but I mean, here, let's think about this, right? You know, the one of the greatest movies of all time, uh, Rocky, right? The Rocky franchise, okay. There's that painting uh, at the end of Rocky Three, right? You know where where Apollo and Rocky you know are having like their their sparring match, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know the bell, you know you want to ring the bell, ding ding. It's my favorite line in all of cinema, uh, you know. And then they they swing right, and then it goes into this like beautiful painting. And if you watch Rocky Balboa, like that painting is actually in the background in Rocky's restaurant. Fun little fact. Um, but like, okay, probably you know boxing. The most, you know, err, bully, 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 right? Mm. This would be a whole lot better if we had a camera because I'm making all these, <laughs> yeah. you know, hand motions. And yeah, my, my budget's not up there. For yeah, this that's okay. We'll we see. got we got to get you some Patreon supporters. You know, right, we'll, we'll let's start with we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, let's start with making good content first. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you take like the most manly thing that, yeah. in some guy's eyes, right? Combat, mm-hmm. and then you have art. Mm-hmm. Like painting, which a lot of guys that view combat as, you know, as a masculine trait are going to struggle to, one, appreciate art, two, view it as masculine. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I am, um, man, so many thoughts. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I might, I guess what, one thing I'm still, one thing I want to find out, I guess, is how big of a problem in the Christian circles these stereotypes are that's a good question because i'm really far removed from some of this mm-hmm. stuff 
because of two things. My friend group back home mm-hmm. is of such immense quality that these kind of discussions are just gone. Right. What, what you're into is what you're into. We're interested in like pursuing Christ better. Yeah. And I have so many friends who are radical artists. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. My, my group back home has yielded some really diverse, interesting people because of just being around quality. Yeah. But on the same time, I remember... Particularly when I was younger. I think when you start getting a bit older, people just chill out a bit. But mm-hmm. I remember when, like, I was, you know, 17, 18, often struggling to connect with guys mm-hmm. because sports and cars were two things I was not interested in at all. Right. And I wore really flamboyant clothes mm-hmm. and had punk alt hairstyles and all kinds of stuff, right? And um, Now, it turns out I'm really into cars now. Yeah. Like, a lot. I yeah. love the beautiful gift of the combustion engine. Amen, brother. But EVs need to just disappear. <laughs> no, I like Tesla, too. I'm sorry. I mean, they're cool. But, I mean, you know. Uh. Yeah. But either way, it's... it's I see, for me... So, and this is sort of a conversation I was having with, with Rafi. That was mm-hmm. its own thing. I sort of... I was into a lot of... Uh, interested in, passionate about a lot of things that are not traditionally masculine. Right. But I got through that by just adding to the things I was interested yeah. in. Yeah. But that's that's only how you I didn't managed to lose do it. anything. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, I I sort of shortcutted the problem about like, I'm, authentic is such a dead word right now. But you know, <laughs> no, you're accurate on that. You know, man. but like, and and just by being a flaming extrovert, that's pretty confident. Right. I can just I can just be baller about it. I love poetry. I love yeah. like, like, and if I'll people look, don't, don't, don't appreciate that, then, you know, okay, fine. Then go pee up a rope, right? Exactly. And so all of a sudden, like, I, I genuinely will just like love a sunset yeah. for a while, but I'm lucky as just as an individual mm-hmm. in that I'm confident. And, and I also happen to like explosions and cars Yeah. for some of the people out there who can't just blaze through social awkwardness that mm-hmm. well. I do have a heart for them when they're struggling like to find a place with a group of guys because the, they find a conversation about cars to be exhaustively boring. Yeah. And and I think it's it's interesting because I think air quotes the world mm-hmm. as about the broadest brush you can paint. Yeah. No, well, North American culture. I, I think there's an element in which society has been pushing for an equality across the board that has actually opened up a lot of mm-hmm. like those conversations. So to their credit, yeah, you know, it's it's if you posted on TikTok, hi, I'm a guy and I'm really into ball- like ballet. Mm-hmm. Social pressure is like on your side. Right. Cool, you're you're a dude. Yeah, you yeah. know, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, Be different. Which is cool. The but then the ex- the extended of that is the really bad size where we've lost a lot of yeah. identity. And then we get this identity crisis, right? right? And then I think maybe. Maybe if I've got this analysis right, Christians on the other side have kind of reacted to that openness by slamming a little bit harder on some of these stereotypes, even if like just to give them their credit as a way of finding identity back. Sure. But then the problem is we conflate identity as men, identity Mm -hmm. as women with what it means to be a Christian and what then even closer, what it means like the saving, like the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And then the dangerous thing across the board with Christians mm-hmm. is we can sometimes throw the weight of God behind our opinions. Yep. And that gets scary. Yeah. It's and dangerous. So, yeah. So, and, and I, I don't know how much this is a problem anymore. I'm going to, let's just assume it still is. Yeah. 
because uh, I know it used to be a lot worse, right? I, I think like, it, I think it'd be accurate to say that it's it's a problem, but it but it's more of a problem regionally. Yeah, depending on where you're at. Sure, because right? I, I know like like where I'm from. Yeah, it, 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 it's a legit problem. Okay, I, mean, I don't want to say it's a problem, but I mean it it exists, right? I sure. mean, Southeast Texas. I I love my home, right? But the major industry there is petrochemical refineries. Mm-hmm. Okay, very 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 utilitarian culture. Right. Uh, you know, <clears throat> like the only leisure activities that are kind of acceptable uh, are, you know, hunting, fishing, and f- high school football. Okay. And after that, it's like, look, man, if you're not working, you know, you're you're a drain on society. Yep. Right? So then this kind of conversation is really applicable yeah. to that. And, and you think a guy who... A guy who's really into relational, like aesthetics, into yeah. art and stuff like that is going to struggle in yeah. that. Okay. It, it, well, uh, I mean, yeah. It, well, well, you're going to find yourself as a lonely, as lone man on an island often. Okay. Um, so, like, you know, I, I'll use a personal example. I remember in you know elementary, middle school, I loved, loved writing poetry. Like, love doing prose. Uh, I grew up in a musical family. I mean, I'm classically trained baritone, okay? Uh, I had to work through some of those things because none of my other friends, one, either had that gifting or appreciated that mm. as something good. You know, like, like beauty in of itself was seen as not masculine, okay? Uh, and as, you know, and praise God that my family you know, showed me and taught me like, no, this is, this is something that reflects God's goodness to the world. Mm. Uh, and so, but then, you know, so high school and college, I kind of, I stopped writing poetry. And now I know it seems ridiculous. Like, okay, dude, you're in middle school writing poetry. It really wasn't poetry. <laughs> I went back and read some of it. That's an accurate statement. It was, it was <laughs> garbage. It sounded great at the time. Just like the stuff I write now sounds good to me. I, in three years from now, I'm like, oh my goodness, yuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then whenever I moved up here, it didn't take long. Like after maybe three weeks, I'm like, man, I'm, I just started, you know, thinking in in verse again and just started writing poetry out. Uh, but one of the interesting things, like, you know, cultural differences, right? Uh, I moved here. So where I grew up, self-reliance is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, case in point, uh, it, men don't take their vehicles to have their oil changed. You change your own oil. Like, that, that's a simple thing, but because one, it's going to cost you more money. Two, why in the world would you pay somebody to do something that you can do, right? right. If something breaks at the house, you fix it, you know? If you don't know how to fix it, look it up online. Look, look up YouTube. Go find a repair manual. Call your dad. Call your neighbors. Uh, then if you still can't get it figured out, then you call the handyman, right? Mm. You know, so versus I moved here, I was like, oh, you know, I had street parking. I was like, dang, man, where the heck am I going to change my oil? Like, oh, you can go to, you know, Valvoline or Firestone. Right. I'm like, oh, no, no. I mean, I'm going to change my oil. Mm. And whenever my, you know, guys I was talking to, they kind of had this dumbfounded look like, what do you mean you change your oil? Right. Uh, our washer broke. Uh, now our washer, our dryer broke, right? Right. And uh, so the belt snapped, right? $20 part. Uh, but to have like a repairman come do it, it was going to cost like 400 bucks. 
Um, I'm on a budget, dude. I'm not going to share, split that four. I'm not going to pay a hundred dollars, you know, one fourth of $400 to do something that I can do where it costs me $20 in like, you know, an hour of my time. Yeah. Right. But then I did that. So, so I just went ahead and did it. Right. And, and you know, and look, I should have let the roommates know. I didn't let my roommates know, but as I was working on it, one of the roommates came down and was like, wait, what's going on? I was like, oh man, it broke. You know, here I'm fixing it. He's like, and you, go, you know, my roommate goes, well, you know, a heads up would have been, would have been nice. And I was kind of like, like in that moment, I was like, dude, what the heck, man? Like I'm over here working. Like you're, you didn't even know this was happening. Like, mm. how about a thank you? Right. Uh, anyway, but you know, I mean, kind of, but, but I realized like those, those things were, were imprinted on me as important masculine traits right Mm. and but masculinity is kind of seen differently here right now if i was to say like this is a this is masculinity if i'm like this is it this is it that's Mm. toxic masculinity right there like this is it only it yeah um but you know masculinity means different things culturally Mm. right but at the same time but as christians uh you know our our cultural context matters where we are but we have to understand and remember that part of being redeemed, part of being conformed to the image of Christ, part of our sanctification is the process of returning to wholeness of being what it is to be a whole person. And that includes, you know, enjoying and appreciating things that aren't normal to our context. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Totally. Yeah. And so I guess... Sounds like a book or a dissertation topic right there, huh? <laughs> and then I guess so... Because I really want to have the other side of this conversation. Yeah. So Because it's something like... All right, so the takeaway from that kind of thing is... Mm-hmm. I think it's worth the time for every person to go... Okay, what do I see as masculine? What mm-hmm. do I see as feminine? And then just take a moment and allow yourself to think a bit broader, mm-hmm. but more just try and go in the extra mile to include and love the people who aren't fitting into what immediately snaps for you. 100%. Be charitable. Yeah. And and that just goes for so many things, but I think it's really tough for the things that we just immediately consider yeah. as as so normative. Like, to be a man is X. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's probably a universal. Stereotypes exist for a reason. That's There's, right. Right? Like, guys... Yeah. Whether guys, it's fair or not, yeah. they exist for a reason. Yes. And it, it is good. I mean, like, I, I know the psychology behind men and women's differences mm-hmm. decently. Uh, men are object-oriented, uh, solution-oriented like, yeah. by a long shot. So for sure. you, it is a it is a stereotypical masculine thing for a reason that you would want to fix something, yeah. right? So, but then to... I also don't like saying I need help, right? Oh, so yeah, that, well, which is the bad side. Yeah, of, yeah, 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 that's the bad side of it. Another stereotype which, like, needs to yeah. be... I don't need directions. Dude, we've been driving in circles for five hours. <laughs> Stop and ask. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so so the, then the side is, right, okay, love the people. And I, I would say there's something added to that. The people, and I'm now I'm speaking more, actually, of myself a little mm-hmm. bit. Dare I say, I don't want to be careful of this because you can pat yourself on the back very easily. There is a lot of value in the people who, in your community, and let's call it a Christian community, sure. who buck the norm and are outside the box. Mm-hmm. Because if you make friends with those people, love those people, 
They can show you areas of deficiency, areas of weakness, areas of brokenness that are completely blind to you. Amen. And I, I genuinely believe that I exist in a weird middle area mm-hmm. where I love the alt people, but I'm also pretty normal in yeah. the, in the, like I hang out with people. I just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty chill. So I can catch myself in both places where I talk to someone who's genuinely on the outside mm-hmm. and they can show me areas where it's like, Whoa, dude, I did. So I did not see that as a problem. Yeah. And also I've, been on the outside a lot yeah and so i think churches can can get a lot of value from the people in in their community that are the oddballs or the weird ones Mm -hmm. out or that don't conform to stereotypes right because they can they they're like you know they're made by god yeah they're image bearers yeah and sometimes they just got a unique set of whatever it is that allows them to be really helpful and that comes into the whole conversation about the body of christ Mm -hmm. right like it's a beautiful people man yeah man um but then the other side of this conversation, because mm-hmm. there, I think, <laughs> ah, it's, it's, truth really exists in a context. And you have to, in, what I mean by that is, I've been thinking a lot about this. I still need mm-hmm. to figure this out. Often the truths you affirm exist in, in context of a problem, right? So if we're talking about a problem right now of like some, of stereotypes that are too mm-hmm. hard, we're trying to affirm the side of like differences are, like accept people with differences culturally there exists i'd say a very a crisis of masculinity and there's conversation conversations in which it's i would want to support a lot of the traditional masculine stuff mm-hmm. in the sense of like being resilient is awesome mm-hmm. Learning to fix things and take care of things yourself is really valuable. Mm-hmm. And this is men or women. So yeah, maybe that's yeah, just, yeah. These are just life. Yeah, yeah. This is a, these are human. At, these should be yeah. human uh, aspirations for humans, yeah. not for men or women. For sure. For both. For sure. But I know, like, if I'm talking to a group of younger guys, which should be done very carefully because I'm not that far off from a younger guy, it's like, hey, dude, learn how to turn a wrench. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really valuable, man. Um, expand your mind a bit. Like, go read some hard literature. Mm-hmm. That's it's it's learn to experience the world from different people's points right. of view through books. Yeah. Um, become a really good writer. Mm-hmm. Like, learn how to articulate yourself in the written word. Really valuable, bro. Um, if you're a man, like, I think there's a I think there's a biblical and and human protector provider component of men mm-hmm. that is unique to men right not exclusive to men but right. there's an element that's unique yeah dude take ownership of that absolutely like build yourself into a competent man who can lead well yeah and, and everything that goes with that mm-hmm. so it's like it's almost like once you're done having a really good conversation about the people that don't fit into the box are loved by god and should be loved by you mm-hmm. then there's also things where it's like Oh, I, I, like some of the things that make up what we think of as a man are really good and should be built up yeah, hard, right? Absolutely. I don't know. And, and I think you almost have to, you kind of got to pick which side of that conversation you have based on what problems you're mm-hmm. seeing. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. I'm tracking with you now. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, like, I yeah. don't think in, in your yeah, context, yeah. I don't think those guys yeah. need to be, have a conversation about like, it's really important to learn how to be resilient. They're like, yeah. duh, yeah. we all focus on trying yeah. to fix all the problems. Yeah, right? it's not, yeah, yeah. It's not, hey, you need to stop doing this. It's, hey man, let's let's grow, yeah, right? Yeah, both end. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the point right there. Both and. Both and. And this is a conversation like for, for the, like these were conversations that were huge for me when I was 16 or 17 to have older guys go, hey, you know what's really cool? I mean, genuinely awesome. Be better. Yeah. Like pray properly, man. Like put effort into that. And then, or your integrity matters. Mm -hmm. Don't just, don't just be ghosting through life. Like don't screw up. Be focus on your integrity before God. Yeah. And and then and then really practical stuff. Like there's a website called Art of Manliness. Yeah. Right? Oh man, I love it. Dude, I love it. I, I love it. I drank that stuff up when I was sixteen yeah. or seventeen. Bro, that's how I learned and how still. to tie a tie. Yeah. Yeah. Same. My dad's so disappointed, but I you know, I forgot one day and I was like, I can't I can't call dad. I, so I just got on to <laughs> old Art of Manliness. Yeah. Yeah. You know right. who the patron saint of art uh, of manliness is according to them, right? Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, because he was super. Yeah. Was he was, he was super weak and sick, right? Yeah, as a child, right? Yeah. And so like he he like overreacted. And then as he became you know older, like whenever he was mm-hmm. in the White House, um, so his son Teddy Roosevelt Jr. I, I think one of the most beautiful quotes or or, or things that you could be that could be said about uh, an individual was his son said that my dad was as hard as a man and as soft as a woman. Hmm. Right. I mean, like he. Like, like the and the point behind it is like he embodied, or he tried to embody like like the fullness. Mm, man, I'm getting really care. I'm getting really broad here. Uh, but I mean, but but he he didn't limit himself to like this is masculine. Like, mm. dude was a hunter, right? But he's also a conservationist, right? He set up the U, the the national park system in the U.S. Right? Which sorry world, but the USA has like probably I think the best national park system. One because we have such a diverse, you know, mm. uh, so many diverse biomes and ecosystems. But also like I mean, we our our parks are just so absolutely beautiful. That's all because of Teddy. Mm. Uh, he also you know built up the U.S. I mean, like, Teddy was an imperialist. Okay, like okay. But I mean, he built. It turns up, out, no one's perfect. Yeah, it turns Shocker. out, right, right. I mean, you know, and yeah, you can get into like how the Panama Canal was built. But I mean, like the fact alone, like that really, yeah, it helped the U.S. Right, but it totally helped and transformed the world. Mm. Uh, you know, he he was about taking responsibility, right? Which I think that's something that needs to have a huge comeback across the board. Mm-hmm. Like, dudes, do not. They want to shuck responsive people in general, but guys in particular, man, that you want to know what it is to man up, take responsibility, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like case in point, you know, and, and I don't want to get too political real quick, but you know, we're in America. Yeah. It's we're kind in, of what y'all yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it's our thing. It's our favorite pastime, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and I'm not, you know, trying to throw, throw rocks at anybody in, in particular. Uh, you know, we, we just had the, absolutely horrendous withdrawal i mean like we're, we're still just dealing with uh what's you know like like the aftermath of mm. what's happened in afghanistan uh us leaving i mean it's only been two three weeks and i mean the taliban's already i mean they're already you know like it, it's like returning to what it was in the 90s and it's absolutely devastating to watch um but you know all the it was just a massive just absolute catastrophe uh military jargon would call it a charlie foxtrot Okay, um, and so, but nobody, nobody in the entire command structure has taken ownership and responsibility, mm. right? I mean, look, I, I'm not trying to throw rocks at 
pre- President Biden here, but I mean, you know, he was on, uh, he stood up and had a press conference at the end, you know, like as it's happening, he says, basically like, you know, look, this was done by this president, this president, you know, like basically shucked the blame all huh. over the place. And then at the end, he had the, the gall to say, the buck stops with me, right? Like, dude, you can't just, you know, shed all the blame and then say, I'm ultimately responsible, right? Either you're responsible or you're not. And if yeah. you are, take responsibility, you know? Um, and, and that's just, I think that's that that's the one of the greater heartbreaking things is that that's indicative of a larger culture is that nobody, Mm -hmm. I mean, because you don't have, because one, if you take responsibility, bro, you're going to get canceled. Oh my goodness. Right? Yep. You know, um, you think about that for a bit. What kind of brutal thing have we done in broader society where you are just, you are punished to the nth degree for Mm -hmm. saying like, oh yeah, I I I did screw up. I did screw up there. And then it's like, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. So the only other option is just, F off. Yeah. I No, I, I will ref- – I, I was 100% good because that's the only way you can not yeah. – like you can afford to move forward. Yeah. It's all – it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's ri- And here's the other thing too. Everybody – I guarantee you, you have a one-on-one conversation like mm. you and I are. Everybody is going to take that same viewpoint. It's like that's that's stupid that, that we do that to people. Mm. But then all of a sudden, you know, we get on social media and our thumbs get to going, right? And Christians are not. Oh, dude. Uh, oh, bro. We, we, we Look, man, I, I love our people. And, you know, here's the thing, right? You you pick on those you love the most, right? Mm. Um, and the ones most like you. Yes, right? Because, because one, I mean, like, you know, we just talk about we have, like, we want to be better. We want to always grow. And it's, and it's easier to point out, you know, areas that need growth than, you know, give credence and applause to where we're doing well, right? Um, especially whenever we look at those areas of growth, and I'm like, dude, we are seriously lacking right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you're right. Like, Christian, man, dude, we, <laughs> we, we like to call things out, you know? And, yeah, it, it yeah. Like, yeah, Christian Twitter is... Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, a, it's a rough place sometimes. That's the third place you can find total depravity. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's and you're talking to an SBC deep state member right here. Yeah, know? again, and this is all of this is in the context of a place, you know. I, I'm I'm I don't understand um, SBC culture or yeah. Southern. I don't either. Well, apparently. at all. But I'm, I'm three weeks here, right? Yeah. So I'm a lot of my stuff. I'm filtering through the community that I know back home mm-hmm. very well, um, which is not dissimilar actually. Right. Honestly, when you get a whole bunch of Christians together, like I come from uh, the Dutch Reformed Mecca yeah. of Niagara where there is a church on every corner. It's kind of the same here. Mm-hmm. It's where Jim and Pam got married. Jim and Pam... Halpert from the office. Sort of. They were in the States. Yeah, but it was... Uh, and it was a Presbyterian church, I think. Ah, who cares? Close enough. It was on. It was in Niagara Falls. It's all worse. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Actually, um, they got married on a boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's so, a little cultural reference for yeah, the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on, NBC. Put it back on Netflix. Bring it back to us. Um, I think we still have it in Canada. Yeah, we do. Really? Yep. About to buy a VPN, baby. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, it's, um, and and ultimately it's, it's very easy to go to look at the politics and point your finger and and Mm -hmm. wag it, but it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder in the smaller things. Mm -hmm. So that's actually something that, yeah. Another uh, trending topic, uh, that podcast, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Mm Mm-hmm. That's one one of the things because I, I I am 
And if you're not listening to that, oh my goodness, bro, like drop what? Well, stop I mean, this don't, podcast. Don't, don't, yeah, stop. Yeah, pause here. Yeah, go yep. listen. It, it'll. It, I think there's like ten hours worth of content right yep. now. Phenomenal, dude. Mike Cosper is doing such a baller job. Like Christianity Today, and they have. I remember whenever I was younger, everybody was like, eh, "Whatever," you know. But now yep. I'm all, I'm all about CT, dude. Like it. They they are doing a phenomenal job. You know they say at the end of there, if you want to support good like independent Christian journalism, yeah. And my answer is, yes. yeah, yeah. No, it's like you've three bucks a, a month. You've created a product, yeah, that is good storytelling. Yeah. That is good. Yeah, that is, you're creating value there, and I, I want my dollar to follow that. Yeah. In fact, I'm 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 saying here, I'm gonna hundred percent buy a subscription yeah. because, like you, like it. There's two places that have You can over- probably use it as a write-off because of where you work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's three bucks a month. I'll, I'll be all right. That's okay, man. But um, but there's only two places that have done that for me where like they've they've called forth my money for me. Mm-hmm. And that's this and Bible Project. Yeah. Both of which are free. Man. And dude. Like the podcasts for Bible Project have changed my life. Yeah, bro. And, and they're in a man. That's an area Gosh. where dude, where Christians that is, our our art is so often yes. junk, and Bible Project goes ahead Dude, and they create animation that is world yes. class. Yes, another example. Let's talk about Christian movies, okay? <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, look, I have I, only cold, cheesy. I hate those. Yeah, it's a strong word, but man, yeah. I just can't watch them. I have you seen The Chosen? I have not seen The Chosen. Neither have I, and I've heard it's good. I've heard it's good. I've heard there's like some. Uh, I mean, I know like like I've heard that they're very fair to the text and very and try okay. to be very accurate, right? I mean, what a minefield you're going into if you're trying to create right a, a, a film centered around the or a TV series yeah. around the gospel. What's also really interesting because I know the producers of it, or at least two of the producers of The Chosen, are Mormons. Okay. Uh, and I think the director comes from an evangelical Christian background. I think I could be totally okay. off on this. So if they're Mormons, yeah. What is with Mormons and doing really thoughtful, socially forward stuff? I say that. Such as? Fight the new drug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an anti-pornography, uh, pornography awareness, whatever yeah. thing that I do. They're, they're non-legislative, non-religious, mm-hmm. and they kick butt. Yeah. They create some of the best content, Absolutely. media, t-shirts, and stuff like that. And they're just, they're destroying it with like, yeah. their focus on it. and. They're Mormon based as well. I don't. There's something about yeah, their philosophy that makes some pretty good stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, one, I, I think you know, and I can't speak to this too much because I haven't done a lot of Mormon theology study. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to call James White or somebody from Apologia Church, you know, and just ask them <laughs> about this stuff. Uh, but it, but I, I think that one of the things you got to at least recognize is one, you know, uh, Mormonism is is uh it is a works-based theology and salvation sure. right uh two um mormons so one another thing too is like mormonism is like the quintessential if you think of like an american religion mm. it is that is like it mm. i mean it is like you know go for the white picket fence the dog the big family and everything right and you know work hard and get all the stuff right earn Earn what you get, right? Earn your grace. I mean, like that is that's like that's like America on steroids, right? But that's like that's like Mormonism. Interesting. Uh, and so I think that that plays a role. Uh, two, the Mormon younger Mormons as a as a whole. Uh, 
and I've talked with some people that have engaged with that have been engaging with Mormons for a long time. They are saying that like younger Mormons today uh, are no are, are far less. Uh, I'm going to use this word very generally: learned in their theology. Hmm. Like like they know more. And they are pointing out things to Mormons that Mormon that, that the younger Mormons don't realize, right? I mean, like 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 Mormon missionaries don't realize about right. their own religion. Yeah. Uh, and so I I think that the answer lies somewhere in there. But also, I mean, like, dude, here's another thing: Mormons, man, they value art. Like, dude, I mean, yeah. have you seen that the the temple in the Great Salt Lake? Like, look, I mean, it there's idolatry there. But bro, it's it's beautiful. I mean, like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, my dude. friend. Dude, I look. Whenever I was a kid, and I heard them sing, you know, during, like I loved every Christmas. Yeah, I I watched and listened to them sing, you know, Handel's Messiah, mm-hmm. right? You know the well, I mean the Hallelujah Chorus, right? Because it is, it is beautiful. Which fun fact. Uh, Messiah is actual, actually like an Easter. Uh, tradi- it was traditionally an Easter uh, production, but we okay. use it, but we see it at Christmas now. Anyway, um, but like Mormons value, they value beautiful things. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that plays a role in, in answering your question. Is like they they value it, right? Yeah. Uh, they they really value beauty. Yeah. Um, but Going back to like movie that I was talking about on movies, yeah. right? Uh, I I've only seen Fireproof because I was forced to watch it. And look, look, I I, I want to be gracious, man. I, you know, I think y'all are doing. You know, look, I appreciate what y'all are doing. Like mm. y'all found a market that's great, but man, look, Christian life is not you know rainbows and sunshine. Mm. Like, dude, look at look. I mean, you know, we like like we're we're really spoiled here where we expect. You know, not to like, like the expectation is to not experience persecution, not to experience worry and depression. Mm. Where the reality is, for the majority of you know of Christ, of history of Christian history, and especially in the non-Western world, that is the norm of a Christian, yeah. right? I mean, worry and depression and anxiety; those aren't treated with, you know, like oh, th- those aren't seen as like oh, you know, you've got. You know, some kind of just chemical imbalances fix that. And it's not to talk about, you know, and I'm not trying to disregard that. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. like that exists and that's legit. But those things play out as like, this is kind of the condition because of, because we're different. Like we're, we're going to be persecuted and that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like Christians in general, especially in the West, we don't go out to support good cinematic art. Right. Uh, so Martin Scorsese did a movie called Silence. Yeah. Okay. About have you uh, read that book? Yeah. I, I haven't I've re- I started reading it and then I stopped. I, I really do typical seminary soon, right? Sure. Start reading fun books, right? But you know the story, right? I mean, you know, Jesuit yeah, Jesuits from Portugal. Uh it was about, you know, the the Edo the yeah, it was about during the Edo tradi- Edo period in Japan, right? And so Christians are being martyred and all this stuff, right? And it's that story. Movie, I mean it's phenomenally done. It had Andrew Garfield in it, Liam Neeson, uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, what what's his name? I haven't, I haven't seen the movie. Anyway, anyway, uh, right, Adam Driver. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and 
flopped in the box office. Yeah. Right. But you know, you know, chasing the what was that movie chasing the giants or whatever facing the facing the giants right? But that movie, you know, or like Woodlawn, you know, all these things, right? You know, like boom, big, big, you know, box office hits, and it's like, look, guys. We can't complain. Uh, Brent McCracken for the Gospel Coalition actually wrote an article about this and said, "We can't complain about not ha- about people making fun of us and not having mm-hmm. good art whenever it actually comes out and we don't go support it." Yeah, you know, dude, yeah. dude went down that rabbit hole real hard. <laughs> and it it uh, the the only answer is to just go and make it. Yeah, because but it, it honestly like the movies that I've nearly walked out on mm-hmm. the hardest uh there's one christian movie called do you believe mm, never seen it never heard of it don't it, it was no. like it, it was just so it was paint by numbers and it ended with like a, the kid getting miraculously cured from cancer and you're like oh uh, or like god's not dead 17 oh, right gosh look it's, i love kevin sorbo all right i think you know yeah. hercules legendary journeys is one of my favorite shows as a kid mm. but i'm like dude yeah and it's okay. it's I don't know. This is nest, nested in a yeah. whole bigger conversation about like compelling storytelling and stuff like that. And and listen, I'm and sure we're getting really really cynical here. So yeah, like, very, we, we very, need we need very. to start because checking. there are people who I was about to say that there are people who genuinely love those movies and yeah. have learned a lot from them and good because yeah. they yeah, that's like good. they do they can do they put forward the gospel message yeah, yeah. do they like portray mm-hmm. elements of Christianity that are great a hundred percent yeah I just plead with storytellers to create. Yeah, more thoughtful stuff, which is, yeah, and I mean the reason why that the Scorsese like uh, Silence, dude, is a brutal story. Oh yeah, oh it's and it's it heartbreaking, horribly not happily. Yeah. So and and oh yeah, oh it's not a happy ending. No, <laughs> it's not at all. No, not at all. <laughs> not even a little bit. No, I mean like like the I mean like Japan went from having a healthy Christian population to almost not. I mean like there were over I think. 400,000 Christians in Japan yeah. during the Edo period. And then once they really started, you know, coming down, you know, before the, you know, Meiji re- restoration, they were like, I think they were like less than 5,000. Yeah. And I mean, and by then, you know, like they, they have very limited, I mean, like their theology had gotten so whack by then. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, we're talking 200 years. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a girl that I'd like to have on sometime soon, um, who's from Japan. Yeah, and I really, really, I've enjoyed talking with her so far, and I really mm-hmm. want to learn more about what the c- Christian culture is like in Japan yeah. at the moment, because um, I think it's sub one percent mm-hmm. of, of Jap- Japanese or Christians. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one book that I really, I read a book called um, "Misreading Scripture with Western Eyes," mm-hmm. which is a phenomenal book. It is, as far as I'm concerned, a must-read for every Christian. Mm-hmm. And ha- have you read it? I have not. I did read "Forgotten Jesus" by Robbie G- Gallaty, uh, and uh, through that, like, I mean, really talked about how you know, like, we have to remember that Jesus, you know, was a Near Eastern man, oh, right? Goodness. And you know, like, the Bible was written in a dynamic way, right? You know, we yep. can appreciate it from a Greco-Roman. You know, like, like our tradition, right? And we and there's a lot of good, good stuff there, but we also have to understand, like, we're missing half. Like, it's so easy mm. to miss half of this. Yep. Right. Because of yeah. understanding how it was written. And one of the big points of um, of that book was Christians, like in the West, we need to appreciate the fact that our problems with the Bible mm-hmm. are not 
everyone's problems with the Bible. Yeah. So we get queasy on the idea of hell. Like, how could God punish people? We do. Hmm? I don't. Okay. That's no, okay. That's because I'm from Southeast Texas, man. I'm basically lit. You know, like, it, it's hell two months out of the year there. <laughs> what, what it means, like, no, I the culture, it. you know what I'm saying? Culturally, yeah. we're crazy. How could a loving but, God do this? Yeah, like, exactly. if God's really loving, right? You know, that's that's the ethereal new person Christianity question. Right. But then ethereal, that's not the right word at all. Either way, mm-hmm. um, at, from what I, from what the book says, and I think this is borne out, a lot of people from Japan, they're like, God punishes bad people? Sure, of course. No worries. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to us. We might not be with our parents and our grandparents in, in heaven, inconceivable absolutely inconceivable absolutely whereas what from the west we're so individualistic it's like yeah that makes yeah. sense i have a different religion of course but and, and it's like yeah. that's really healthy to kind of yeah. get into your mind like how different other cultures can be yeah. right like um, honor shame society mm-hmm. like oriental absolutely. cultures like they like their their yeah. philosophy their minds their basic presuppositions can radic- right. radically differ from us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the story of the of the rich young ruler, right? You know, mm-hmm. in, whenever Jesus uh, says, that, you know, that in order to follow me, you have to, you know, hate your mother and your father, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, like, like we always heard, you know, it's like you have to love them less. But no, I mean, like in those contexts, like, no, literally, they're going to understand that you are hating them because, like, mm-hmm. so I had a, uh, whenever we were in a Southeast Asian country, uh, we were there technically teaching conversational. Legally, we were teaching conversational English, but sure, you know, mission trip, love that life. Uh, so there was there was a college student there who was uh, he, he he was a convert, mm-hmm. he was a believer, um, and the hardest thing for him was was that because in you know the the religion of the day or, or the religion of that culture, right. Him rejecting that mm. religion, like that's how mom and dad and all his ancestors stay in heaven is by him praying to them. Oh gosh! So yeah. their interpretation of that is like you were sending us to hell. Mm. That I mean, like that's called counting the cost, my friend. Whenever it's like, hey, your parents are going to disown you because they're just seeing that that you know, as far as in their eternal context as they see it. You're damning them to hell by choosing to follow this man, Jesus, the, you know, the, the God of the Bible. That's, that is something that Westerners really don't have to deal with, right? I mean, in fact, you know, you, you talk with people who come from uh, non you know, Christians that, that come from non-Christian families, right? And for the most part, you know, their families are kind of supportive. They're like, hey, you know, I'm glad you have something for you, yeah. right? All this, you know, yeah, we're still family and all this, right? They're not being disowned by your family is not on radar for most Western Christians. Yeah. But for a majority of Christians, especially in the Eastern part of the world, but you better believe it. It's ha- it's going to happen. I heard this story about uh, these a Christian husband and wife, and uh, it was... It was in it, it was in somewhere in the Middle East, uh, and they had their children taken from them by their by their parents, Jeez. because they had converted to Christianity. Like, I mean, dude, we man, we have really first off, we have really moved a lot in this conversation, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. 
it, it's so easy to be a Christian here. Yeah. Um, it's funny. We even yeah. spent this conversation critiquing and arguing about something that I still think is important. Yes, absolutely. But compared to the problems that so many people right. have in the world, it's like good yeah. grief, right? Well, but but you know, here's the thing too, right? We we think about think about this, right? You know, the the, tradi- the the tradition we have, especially like you know, you think of like Christendom, and you know, really all the all the things that have been able to happen since you know. Christianity became the official religion of Rome, right? And you know, I've got I've got issues with that theology, you know, like that, like just from church history context. But that's another story. Yeah, as a Baptist, um, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, just you know what what happened to the church period. Um, but yeah, as a Baptist in particular. Yeah. But yeah. something about the church and state being tied to uh, that, that bothers you, really? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Man, I'm a ba- I'm Baptistic through and through. Uh, and I love to eat too. So there you go. That's what makes me a Southern Baptist or sorry, great commission Baptist. There we go. Um, but you know, one of the things that was able to happen under that is that Christians were able to really think through these issues Hmm. that now, you know, we have this wonderful tradition and all this literature that has helped us been able to, you know, expand on some of the smaller things like, like you know for for the early church right uh you go and you look at the epistatory letters man they're they are like missing it big time you're like dude how like, i mean i really think that paul is like as paul is writing to the ephesians and the corinthians he's like he's dumbfounded whenever he's yeah. got to be hearing this is like are you are you serious like come on y'all that I shouldn't have to tell you this. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah. like, it kind of seems like that in some of his yeah. language. Like, it's very loving, but it's also like, you idiots, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so, like, for us sometimes, and what's really funny is, like, for us, like, now one of the things we're facing is, like, no, actually, some of the big things are actually coming back, right? But, uh, you know, we've been able to, like, kind of hone in on sanctification of, like, and really focus on some of the small stuff, mm-hmm. which has created some of its own problems, too, right? Because, you know, we... We, we put in, I mean, we essentially become pharisaical and we become extra biblical on some stuff. Yes. Right? Which circles back to Christian culture. Yeah. But we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, like, I'm thankful that I've been able to think through, you know, and have a lot of literature and a lot of traditional thing of what does me being a Christian, like, what, mm. how does my faith and my politics intersect? Yeah. You know, how does the way that I... Uh, you know, I mean, spend, you know, my finances, right? Because I have such wealth now compared to Christians back in the day. Hmm. What, what does that, you know, how, how do I think through that, right? You know, uh, the fact that I get to, you know, do all these different, you know, I have all these other problems that weren't even were near on the radar because they didn't have the time to do that, right? I mean, they were like, hey, man, you know, are the Romans going to come kill us today or not, right? Yeah. You know, is Taliban going to knock down our door? Yep. Right. Uh, we we get to focus on it, and and so we can't we can't we just have to be good stewards of that right. Totally. Because reality is, we're going to die one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe this podcast is going to survive. Maybe you know, and it might it might help a brother or sister. Right, think that's through the, some things. That's the idea, right? You know, you know. I mean, we have. I've got commentaries written by a bunch of dead guys that I'm sure we're probably thinking, yeah, you know, I hope this goes anywhere, but whatever, you know, serve God, be forgotten. It's cool. 
Uh, but like that's helped me think through and like just see the beauty of scripture mm. more and more, right? Yep. And then understand, and then like, okay, that was, you know, here's the application in their context. Yeah. Here's the application here, right? And then 300 years from now, some, you know, seminary students going to be sitting down looking at commentaries from, you know, you know, looking at Augustine, looking at uh, Spurgeon, looking at Hen- Matthew Henry, looking at, you know, MacArthur mm. uh, or, you know, whoever, right? And seeing how the application of one particular verse like looked different in different cultural contexts, right? But the essence of, you know, like seeing the beauty of how Scripture, I mean, like, like God's Word is alive, right? Mm-hmm. And so we we need to, while being aware of some of the issues that come with the tradition, you know, come with like the, the spoil, I, I would say, it, you know, it, it feels like we're being spoiled. You know, it's a blessing, oh. right? Oh, undoubtedly. Like, like we need to tr- treasure that, but also, uh, you know, we, we also need to be aware, like, hey, this is a unique moment. And yeah. so uh, be humble in how we approach it. Totally. The, the, the only reasonable posture to have when, you're, when you have such luxury that we have is gratitude. Absolutely, yeah. Just and that's it. tons of gratitude. Our posture matters. Yeah, you know, going back to 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 the movies, right? You know, you're talking about how, you know, what you and I are thinking of like cheesy and not great art. You know, is, yeah, you know, is good in life. You know, and can be you know illuminating, life giving for some people, right? Yeah, I'm I'm glad we have that little postscript on it because yeah. I, you're totally right. Yeah, because you know, especially if someone's like, if someone's sincerely grown from those movies, mm-hmm. um, which I sure has happened. Mm-hmm. then I don't want my critiques of art to yeah. detract from someone's right. genuine growth in Christ. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's, you know, push them to go and pursue Scripture and dig deeper and even have mm-hmm. a, you know, even greater posture, yeah. right? Uh, so one of our professors here, Jonathan Pennington, uh, in his book, Reading the Gospels Wisely, talks about uh, how our posture is probably the most, you know, in, in how we approach the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Posture mm-hmm. matters the most yep uh and he uses the example of like uh you know you can be cynical and all this but he talks about how and he wrote it so you know if i get him in trouble i'm sure that his mother-in-law is listening to this podcast but anyway if i get him in trouble sorry jtp uh he can come on here and correct it yes yes but but he but you know he talks about his uh his mother-in-law who uh I don't think that she gra- uh She didn't. I know she didn't go. To, I know she didn't go to college. I don't think she even graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you know, kind of, <laughs> she has like you know refrigerator magnet. Uh, I, I don't think it says refrigerator magnet theology, right? But you know, I mean, like, but she reads the Bible every day, mm-hmm. every day. You know, mm-hmm. seeks to live and walk wisely and walk humbly with the Lord. I mean, she is. You know, she loves justice. Uh, you know, does mercy and walks humbly, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, she she approaches Scripture and she's not going to be looking, you know, she does, she's not looking at the deep minutia, yeah. right? She's not seeing justification, you know, and all these other yeah. things that we're doing, right? Near Eastern historical context is not a word she uses to pass right. through anything. Exactly, right? But her posture that she takes towards Scripture that's something that each and every one of us should aspire to. Amen. Yeah. And and you know what's you know what's funny? It's like <laughs> I'll do like I'll, I'll read a book 
by N.T. Wright mm-hmm. on... Love N.T. I love N.T. Wright. Love him. You, you read a book on his... his uh, it is... What's his book on morality? It's, it's like really tied to the fruits of the spirit. Don't get me to lie. What is it? It's not... Ah, come on. After You Believe. That's it. Okay. After You Believe. Great, great book. Really diving into to just character and a lot of other conversations. And it's like the kind of the culmination is like the fruits of the spirit and what Paul's talking about and how to build a Christian character. And I'm grateful to that book for a thoughtful, complex dive into what that means. The hilarious point is the end of the book is like, so be loving. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You know, and, and again, you want to have both where it's like, right. I both appreciate a thoughtful, like, like take the various mm-hmm. Greek words of love. Let's do an exegetical study, but also, no, do the not intellectual, but actually kind of hard yeah. thing of like, love your neighbor. Yeah. And that takes character and time and not mm-hmm. a lot of mental power, to be honest, mm-hmm. but it takes the, like, it takes the spirit living in you and it takes a lot of practice and humble growth, which you can have whether you have a PhD or never graduated Absolutely. high school. Yeah. I mean, brother. Thank God for that, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, brother. Smart people don't have a monopoly you. on the gospel. Yeah. Let me tell you, like, like growing up, you know, I look back at the people that, influence my walk you know that i most want to emulate uh the majority of them like you know my grandfather loved loved lord one of the most godly men i've ever had the privilege of knowing Mm -hmm. uh now i was 12 whenever he died so i didn't really get to have a lot of deep conversations with him but you know as far as like see what his thought was on justification or any of this stuff right um but you know, I, I don't know if, if my if my papa knew what the word soteriology meant. But my grandfather, who only graduated high school, it, it was the, the peak of his uh, formal education. Uh, every day was in the word, uh, was wise, walked with the Lord served his neighbor and loved his neighbor and all because of what Christ has done had done for him and I would rather be known mm. as someone like whenever I die I leave this world I want someone to remember so at his funeral I remember my, my uncle did the eulogy and talked about, you know, like he made investments in life and all this, right? You know, talked about like all, everything that they owned at the house was either built by Sears and Roebuck or Kenmore. Uh, you know, he made investments in what he bought, but he also made investments in people. Hmm. Uh, I, I want people, I, I want people to remember me not as an intellectual, not, nec- not as a great preacher, as a loving husband, loving father, and a someone that loved and cared for others. If that's all I'm remembered for, man, I dude, grand slam. I mean, a it's life huge. well lived. Yeah, and well done, good and faithful servant. That's right. That's right. I mean, like, like, you know, and you know, let, let let's circle back a little bit to masculinity, right? And let's think about the fruit of the spirit. Uh, listed in there. You know, self-reliance is not listed amongst them. <laughs> but what is? Gentleness, mm-hmm. kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Like, let I mean, gentleness, kindness. Mm. Bro, that's not, you know, 
those aren't things that are you know kind of seen as those are those are kind of seen as less you know less masculine if anything going back to what we were talking about right traditionally in the western context uh self-control man it's kind of like seen as hey winner you need to blow up here yeah right and and that's one of my that that's one place where i struggle okay uh so uh self-control like uh i you know there there are things that that worry me about myself um one of the things so like my heart sense are convenience and control and mm-hmm. so whenever things start not going the way that i'm ex- you know want them to go i start like buckling down right and then you know i kind of like ah, oh, my buttons push Whoa, volcano right uh but self-control or what it used to be called temperance you know uh, there's a there's a really interesting book called uh, On the Shoulders of Hobbits, and uh, have you read it? No. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, the author he's uh, I can't remember his name, but he talks about how he's talking about the cardinal virtues, right? And how the four traditional cardinal virtues. Uh, yeah, losing me right now, but kind of uh, how they've been. You know what? I've got to look this up right now because yeah, it's going go to bug me. Go for it. Yeah. The good thing about Google is, uh, you know, everything's so quick uh, yeah. and at your fingertips that I can just say a few words and then zippity doodah, pull it up, and uh, here we go. Yeah. Okay. So, cardinal virtues of are prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance, right? Those are, those are the four cardinal virtues. Uh, and they've been replaced today by uh, tolerance, right? Which isn't even tolerance, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, celebrate what I am and what I do. Otherwise, you're dead to me. Okay, tolerance, uh, environmentalism, I think individuality, and there, there's another one. But basically, uh, going back to those cardinal virtues, like Augustine was one of the first ones to suggest those. And it came out of an understanding and like, you know, kind of came from looking at the fruit of the spirit, mm. right? Now, sure, part of that was mixed in with like, you know, Greek philosophy as well, right? You know, but... Thank you, Plato. Yeah, yeah. I'd say more Aristotle. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. I'm thinking of soul. Or Socrates, yeah. you know, one, one of the three, right? The big three, right? Yep. Oh, Plato. I had my students read Plato last year. They did not like it. What did you have them read? Uh, uh, the Republic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It it didn't go the way I thought. I spent, so in my World Civ class, I spent probably like four or five weeks on, on ancient Greece. Yeah. Because, I mean, one, it's, it, it's the, the it is the most influential uh, thing in Western civilization outside of Christianity. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, like and even at that, like, I mean, the ancient Greeks really kind of gave birth to, I mean, get, I mean like the Romans, right? Mm-hmm. They totally, incorpor- which is what Rome did, does, right? They incorporate what they conquer. Uh, but but Rome totally incorporated Greek, Greek civilization mm-hmm. into their culture, uh, which is why they owned the Mediterranean and then Europe, right? Uh, sorry, circling back, right? We, we've, you know, we need to value and encourage every single flavor of the fruit of the spirit okay 
we struggle to do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, you know, going back to the intellectual versus wise and humble person, you know, I think if I could put a T-shirt slogan for my for what I want my ministry to be, it would be, you know, hashtag don't be a jerk. Like, you know, I, I just remember some 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 guys that, that I really appreciate and I'm very thankful to for, you know, as of late. Hmm. Like they've they've just said some things. I'm like, dude, yeah. What the heck? <clears throat> like, like, bro, look, I, I I get it. You know, you you disagree with this and all that. But you don't have to be a jerk about it, right? I mean, uh, all right. Look, I'm going to look. I'm very grateful for John MacArthur. I love, love what he's. I love a lot of what he's put out. Uh, and he by far is probably going to sit closer to Jesus at the table of the bridegroom than I am. I think that's unquestionable. Uh, at the same time, though, I mean, you know, there's, you know, conviction can give way to being combative and passion, right? Yeah. But, you know, the the pastor's conference a few years back, whenever, you know, and that's another, like, you know, whenever whenever Todd Friel, you know, asked that question, like, you know, let's just do a quick response, right? You know, and Beth Moore. Yeah. And, you know, MacArthur's thing was, go home, right? I mean, look, man, what does that do? Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and then, yeah, it's just... It's heartbreaking whenever we are together on, you know, every single thing that is like Orthodox, I mean, like Nicene and Apostle Creed, and even Chalcedonian, you know, Christianity. We, we are all together there. And there are, you know, and then on top of that, we're together on 98.2% of everything else. Mm-hmm. And then because of that 1.8% that we disagree on, we're going to, and there's a difference between being a little tongue-in-cheek mm. and being mean. Yeah. And we're going to do that. Like, man, no, that, that can't be what we do. Yeah. Chan makes a really, old friend Chan. Old friend Chan. He makes a really cool analogy. It's just, it's truth. That an art, the biggest discipline problems... Um, conflicts drunkenness fights that armies will ever have Mm -hmm. is when their military's in the barracks Mm -hmm. when they're marching they're on they're they're active they're doing a lot of your discipline problems just fade away Mm -hmm. and he makes the case that a lot of this infighting arguing stuff with the church is because if we're not doing Mm -hmm. then we're where is your energy gonna go it's gonna go to infighting yeah that's broad fair. brush, broad brush, right? Because it's and it's very easy to go. Oh yes, the church, and it's fine. And yeah. you're like, you know, maybe maybe solving the problems of the church in North America is a little bit too tall of an order for most people. Yeah. Yet your own personal integrity, mm-hmm. yeah, you, can, you know, right? That's something you can deal with before God, yeah. right? Yeah. So and that that was, man, man, all spider webby conversations. That's what I was going to say about that uh, podcast with about the rise and fall of Mars Hill. Yeah is dude Driscoll's scary close to me. Uh-huh. I'm not that dissimilar from that dude. Oh yeah, 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 you're a punk dude. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that and also dude, I'm an entrepreneur to the yeah. core. So the like of the idea of socially engineering a church. Yeah. So me I had a buddy of mine who's very similar to me, Jermichael, right? Uh-huh. 
he sent it to me and he's like, dude, listen to this right now. And mm-hmm. I'm like, sounds good. And the biggest thing that I find that is going to stop me and other guys like me from becoming Driscoll is the very, very, very small things. Yeah. It's the little areas of integrity where you slide a bit, where you go, ah, whatever, I'll, I'll just do this. It's having people around you to call you out, yeah. call you out on the very small things. Yeah. And you being really honest before God and being like, nope, nope, that this is an area, it might be minute, it might be tiny, but I'm not folding here. Mm-hmm. Because I think a long, a few years of that will put you in a place where you're super comfortable sliding on massive stuff, yeah. right? Like, especially this last little episode where, like, he, where the, the story that he fabricated about his, like, where his Bible came from. And, like, he basically, yeah. his origin story of his church became this... Right. Just nonsense. But I think that came from probably years and years and years of just streamlining that story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. And so all of a sudden, it's just not even recognizable right. anymore. Like, now it's got this this grandeur thing of how he became a Christian mm-hmm. and God's direct call to his life to help men and places. Or it's churches. more palatable. Yeah, right? Yeah. It fits so, the narrative, right? Yeah. So, I mean, my prayer is that, like, not I not want to become that guy. Yeah. And, and that should be the prayer for a lot of the seminary guys here. Mm-hmm. And girls, too, in yeah. their own context. Right. I mean, I mean, here's the thing, right? You know, look, if I, this might be, be being a little zealous about some stuff, but I think if you're called to ministry, okay, if the Lord's calling you to ministry, uh, and you, now, it's one thing to say this. It's a totally different thing to actually mean it, right? But if you are uh, not okay with pastoring like a small rural church, like you only want to be like the guy at a mega, you know, like a mm. city church or mega church, you know, like, like if you're not okay with the Lord calling you to a, a church where you're essentially a caretaker for 40 years, you have at max on a Sunday morning, 20 to 40 people. If that doesn't seem and that doesn't appeal to you, I'm not saying it appealing the same way, but right. if you but if you think to yourself that that's what God calls me to, uh, right? If that's the, the posture that you take towards that, versus you think like, no, Lord's going to call me to like be, you know, I'm going to be the next Matt Chandler. I'm going to be the next, mm. you know, this person, right? Uh, and I love I love Matty Chan Chan. You know I love the wacky arm, inflatable hand waving guy. He's kind of you know stopped that. You know uh, he's moved more towards uh, you tracking with me. Anyway, uh, but if that's the only thing that you envision yourself doing, and if you don't get to do that, like if you only view mm. that rural situation or something like that as a stepping stone, Bubba, I'm gonna be honest with you. You need to step back and reevaluate here for a second because like uh you're called to build the kingdom not your kingdom Mm -hmm. right and it's very easy for us to to especially with success success right i mean you know that was one of the things that cosper talked about is like normally by the time pastors are hitting like you know big numbers like that right you know or, Mm -hmm. or you know churches are growing that much it, it's not an overnight thing. Like it takes, you know, 30, 40 years of, mm. and you've tempered a lot. You know, you've, you've grown and was, you've cried at night, you know, just like, oh my goodness, I am just overwhelmed. You, you developed a lot of wisdom. Mm. Uh, 
Right. But if you're like, no, I just, you know, it's got to be this. Uh, it's, it's not a good place to be. Yeah. You know, and man, I, I think part of that might be driven from, I mean, you can't, you have to say that like a lot of that's got to be Western philosophy or, or what, you know, what Western culture, right? Like yeah. if you're not growing, you're, you're, you're dying, right? If you're not, you know, if you're not, if you're not the biggest, the best or whatever, like, you know, there's something wrong. Mm. Like, look, man, here's the thing. If you're faithful to God's word and his calling and the the metrics don't reflect something what would be seen as great on a spreadsheet, mm. who cares? Be faithful to what the Lord has called you to do. Yeah. Because you've only got, you know, I've got, I'm 32. I think I got about another 120 trips around the sun here. Uh, yeah, I know what I said. Um, Let's get that CRISPR genetic engineering. That's right. Stuff. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just phenomenal genetics growing, flowing <laughs> through the curl veins. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but I've got eternity to be in the presence of the Lord in which, you know what I'm going to be doing? I'm going to be, you know, learning how to grow the greatest tobacco to put in a cigar i'm going to learn how i'm going to learn how to grow and roast phenomenal coffee beans right Mm. uh after i get done with seminary i think i could say like i'm going to learn how to you know grow the greatest corn or barley to you know distill uh and then put in you know and i'll have 300 years to put in an oak barrel right to make the most spectacular uh, bourbon or whiskey. Now, I'm just going to, you know, disclaimer in case somebody's listening. I do not partake now that I'm yeah. under covenant because I signed my name to it because your name because your word means something. Yes. All right, there we go. All right, yeah. there we go. All right, we've clarified. I hold the covenant, Southern. For those of y'all who don't know, one of the things we have to say at Southern is that we won't consume alcohol mm-hmm. uh, while we're students here. Um, and I have, I have a, you know, an issue, I, I have feelings towards that not so much in that it exists but kind of how it's done but anyway moving off uh point being i've got eternity to to do things Mm -hmm. and if i'm not living eternally now like eternity my focus is going to be on being faithful and serving the lord not putting up big numbers yeah right yeah why don't i live like that now right i mean chan talks about that right whenever you know the rope situation right you've got you know he's got this long rope and he's got like a little little thing of like tape on the rope your life here on earth is that tape Hmm. and you've got all this why would you live differently here than you're going to live like this right be who you are and who you're called to be Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's what i gotta say about that quote sling bait that's all i gotta say about that Mm -hmm. Oh, we said a lot of things, man. Um, we really did, bro. And I, I man, hope we're things, here for a hot minute. Yeah, we're an hour and forty-six minutes. Look at that recording time, man. I hope this was helpful. At least, <laughs> parts of it yeah. are helpful, right? And that's yeah. the whole point why I do this. Good conversations, absolutely, brother. I think we should wrap this up here. Right? I, I think so too. Cool. Hey, you know what? We managed to do this without like singing the praises of the Sovereign Republic of Texas. Yes, and I've got to say this on the podcast. I really am disappointed. And kind of heartbroken that whenever you and Nathan were talking about this a couple of weeks, talking about text a couple of weeks ago, I didn't come up. Like, I mean, 
I don't want to sound like I'm that guy, but I'm pretty sure I might be the proudest Texan at Southern Seminary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, you look like it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I've got you know the sticker on my on my laptop here, right? Yeah, that says for for people who can't see it, it's a it's a map of the U.S. of A. and it has Texas and then everything else. Not Texas. Texas and not Texas. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. That's okay, man. There's grace for that. Oh uh, man the the only thing more voluptuous than American arrogance is Texas arrogance. It's not arrogance, brother. It's called swagger because we back it's, it up. Yeah, yeah, okay. Fair, fair enough. And I, say <laughs> I don't know if there's I more an deep. arrogant statement than that right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Texas, bro. Yeah. Like, I love Texas. But That's great. Man. I love America, too. That's yeah. why I'm here. But yeah. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, yeah let's wrap Great it up. chats. I really enjoyed, yeah. really enjoyed this. Thank you for listening to this podcast's conversation. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and sharing and all that jazz. It's immensely helpful. I'm all about having meaningful, interesting conversations. So if you know of someone I should talk to, hit me up on Instagram at itsthevolk. Have a good one, guys.